Hi, this is Willie Iraldi from Queens, New York, and welcome to The Candid Frame. Gulnara Semolova was a short distance away from the World Trade Center when it was attacked on September 11, 2001. And while thousands ran away from what would be known as Ground Zero, she grabbed her cameras and walked into the heart of it in her role as a staff photographer for the Associated Press. When one of the towers came down, she was engulfed in a black cloud of dust, dirt, and debris. She thought she was going to die. When she regained her sight, she began making photographs again, some of which would later earn her many awards, including first prize in the World Press Photo Competition. But in the subsequent years, it's been more personal work that has inspired her, specifically revolving around the world of street photography. As a photojournalist, you have a clear idea of the story you're trying to tell. With street photography, the moment is much more ambiguous and unpredictable. And it's moments like that that truly fascinate her. It frees my mind. You know, it, it, it frees my uh, it freeing my mind. And it's just, I don't have to think. I don't have to think about story. I don't have to think about picture. When I'm shooting, I just, I don't think. And it's really, it's like a very meditative for me. You know, I can stand in one corner literally for like 30 minutes and just, just, you know, shoot people, you know, watch people. And when I come home, that's when I start thinking, you know, when I look at my photographs. But when I'm shooting, I just, I just trust my instinct. Her street and documentary work has allowed her to explore a different aspect of her creative life. Yet she's not made her work all about herself. As the founder of the Instagram feed, Women Street Photographers, she has curated one of the most exciting presences online. The feed showcases a diverse selection of photographers from all over the world whose work is beyond exceptional and represents the best of modern street photography. Her enthusiasm drove her to take the work from the virtual world into the real one by curating a public exhibition of the photographs last year. And I was just so happy. It was just, it was amazing. I mean, I never, you know, I never curated an exhibition before. It was my first time. I, you know, I made all the prints, mounted them on mats. I, I, I got frames and I bought the labels, everything, you know, first time. And it took me several months to prepare, but, you know, I was pacing myself. I wanted to be perfect. We'll talk to Gulnara about why street photography has become such a driving force in her life and how a letter from Mary Ellen Mark changed her career and her life. This is Ibarian X, and welcome back to The Candid Frame. Well, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to, to have you. I'm sorry, you're not feeling completely up to snuff, but I, I appreciate you push, you know, pressing on and, and doing the interview with me. My pleasure. Thank you so much for asking. Yeah, I really enjoyed your presentation in D.C. a while back. My only, only regret was that I didn't have more time to speak with you, but it's, there was so much going yeah. on. Yeah, I had, to, I had to leave. I had an assignment in New York, so I didn't stay there the whole time. So you're, you, you're constantly busy. You've got so many things on your plate. I, was, I mean, your, your resume is 
really diverse. But uh, I'm kind of curious as to how are you keeping busy now? Because you you know you've done work um, as a photojournalist, as a documentary photographer. So what's on your plate right now? Oh my God, <laughs> there's just so much on my plate right now. You know, as I mentioned before, I just got back from India where I taught a all-women street photography workshop. And on Monday, which is in two days, I'm flying to Brussels from for Brussels Street Photography Festival, festival where I'm curating another women's street photographers exhibition. Uh, and from there, oh, I'm giving a presentation at the festival as well and doing portfolio reviews and photo walks. And from there, I'm flying to Poland for a photo art festival where I am curating another uh, different women's street photographers exhibition where I'm also speaking. So, yeah, it's been quite a busy year for me, uh, which is uh, which is amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I'm really feeling that I'm finally doing something I'm so passionate about. Uh, it really brings me joy. Yeah, because you were working as a... As Freelance photojournalist, or you, or were you on staff for the AP for about nine I years? I was. I was. Yeah. So, street photography, probably from what I've read, was always something that you were interested in, but it kind of really took off soon after. Soon after that. Um, not soon after. Um, I only began shooting streets um, seriously about six or seven years ago. Oh wow! Uh, right. And it was yeah. I mean, I through all my photographic life, which is almost 40 years, I've been shooting, you know, streets. I, I didn't know it was street photography, but <laughs> at the time, I mean, I was young. and um, But, yeah, I was always drawn to uh, street photography. Uh, but se- seriously, I began shooting only, I believe it was 2013, where I... Um, uh, I was hired to do uh, an assignment uh, to shoot a somebody's uh, vacation, actually, in China. Oh, okay. For 10 days. <laughs> That's quite the assignment. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was great. So I was there for 10 days. And, you know, I had my cannons. And then I just had my little point-and-shoot Leica, which I literally was shooting from a hip. And when I got home and I looked at the pictures I quite liked it actually I still use it for portfolios those shots and I thought that oh my god I really really enjoyed doing that and it was actually a turning point for my 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 mind as well that I wanted to do something for myself Mm -hmm. Um, because at the time I was you know clients commercial clients I was shooting a lot of weddings and uh, portraits so family so it's just I, I did not shoot for myself at all. So that was like, a, I planted a seed that I'm like, oh God, i got to do it. What did you see in those photographs from China that was lacking in all the other work that you were doing or had done to that point? Although I literally shot those pictures from a hip, and I, I don't think I even <laughs> put a camera in front of my face. It's just, I you know, the pictures I got from there was like quirky and... Uh, a little weird and uh, not something that I would shoot for a client. And uh, I just wanted to explore more. For me, when I I had kind of similar experience when I went to New Orleans and uh, I used my phone for the first time because I had my Canon gear and I was just sick and tired of carrying it. 
after about two days. And so, so I started using my phone. And the, the, the Im- images were much more spontaneous, loose, less controlled, and unpredictable. All of which was kind of missing from the work when I had a quote unquote real camera in my hands. And that, <laughs> and that for me was probably one of the most exciting moments for me as, um, as a photographer. Even though I don't really use the phone as much, I've been trying to emulate that photographic experience with my camera and not relying on my phone for, for so much. But it sounds like it's a similar, similar launching point for you. Yes. Although... It took me maybe another um, a year or so to just really focus on street photography. How did the fact you know you, you went to you went to school both in Russia and and in the states for photography? You worked as a photojournalist in which you were telling stories, and uh, you, of course you've done documentary work. And with all of that, there's all oftentimes a way of thinking about the pictures you are about to create. You know, in photojournalism, it's about the story in terms of document a documentary project. It may be about a particular idea you're pursuing. Did that make it more of a challenge to be a little more loose and in the moment when it came to street photography for you? Street photography is just such a wonderful genre. It frees my mind. You know, it it, it frees my uh, it freeing my mind and it's just I don't have to think I don't have to think about story I don't have to think about picture when I'm shooting I just I don't think Mm -hmm. and it's really it's like a very meditative for me you know I can stand in one corner literally for like 30 minutes and just just you know shoot people you know watch people and when I come home that's when I start thinking you know when I when I when I look at my photographs, but when I'm shooting, I just, I just trust my instinct. You know, I just trust uh, the instinct that I, I got something. And it's actually throughout all my, you know, life, uh, I do rely on my instinct when it comes to photography. So I don't prepare for my shoots. I, you know, I don't calculate how, you know, what it is. I mean, I, I now I have kind of trained high trained eye so I, I know you know what's the background the lighting so I don't really think about it so to me now it's kind of very easy and there are times that I you know I don't want to shoot and I don't you know I don't force myself especially now that I tra- you know travel I don't go and say oh I, I, I gotta go out and shoot like I just went to Malaysia I haven't fired a single shot um, just because I don't feel like and and I didn't stress out about it. Sometimes it's, it's important just to enjoy and be present in the moment without having to take a picture. I completely get that. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I just, I can just walk around and, and look, you know, and watch and observe. And, you know, I just went to India. I mean, that's, that, this is, I, I, you know, I was like, wanted to, um, Observe the sound, you know, the smell, the mm-hmm. feeling, you know, this is also important to me. You know, I didn't, you know, start shooting right away. And uh, so now I, ha- I have to like, yeah, I'm really, really eased up on, on, on this. And it's really, <laughs> it's really liberating. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, 
you're, you're preaching to the choir when you speak to that about me because I see it as a meditative practice as well. I mean, I can be just like you. I can be in a corner for a half an hour and I'm quite happy. Some people think I'm crazy, but it's just like you just when you once you've experienced, you know why. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, um, and it's it's really a liberating where you don't have to race. You know, you don't have to race for something or, I mean, right now uh, in the, you know, social media world, it's, it's crazy. Um, and, you know, and being part of it, I mean, I run social media account and it's just, it's really liberating just to be yourself and trust yourself, trust your instinct and, and not join the race. Yeah. I mean, the, your uh, presence on, on Instagram with women street photographers is one of my favorites. Um, well, thank you. You do such a great job at, at curating that account. Thank you. It's very humbling looking at those photographs, regardless of whether they're women or not. The work is so damn good. <laughs> it can be very intimidating to go, okay, do I really want to let other people know I'm a street photographer compared to these people? Just Oh my God! The, the, yeah. But I, I love the work. I love the work. And like you said, there's no shortage of uh, street photography presence on Instagram. But yours is a particularly unique one and a fascinating one. And what made you decide to put that put that together? I, you know, I, I had no intentions of becoming, you know, Instagram account, uh, uh, all I wanted to do is just to create an exhibition of women street photographers. And uh, the, the trigger for that was you know, elections. And it triggered like so many, uh, so many emotions in me. And so I thought I wanted to do something, which kind of like energized me. And I wanted to do something and I, and I had the ability to I, I, you know, I had I had the, the space available, and I wanted to put together an exhibition of women photographers uh, or women street photographers. Uh, but at the time, uh, I couldn't think of like a single one. You know, I I never really considered myself you know female photographer. Or, so I was just you know a photographer. I am a photographer, and. But at the time, I wanted to put together an exhibition of, con- exhibition of contemporary women photographers. So I start looking on Instagram, you know, Instagram accounts, looking for names. So that's how I began searching. And what happened is that I just created an account, women's to photographers, you know, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. And I began saving the pictures that I liked you know, into the account. And then I just start posting and I start posting. And, um, I mean, I was fascinated. I, I had no idea, you know, that there, I mean, at first it was frustrating, you know, I'm looking at the cards and I'm looking at photographs and like male, 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 male. And then, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Female photographer. So it, it continued. And I thought it would be a great idea just to showcase women photographers and that's how it began uh, in, um, um, I think I began like April of last year, April, May last year, little by little. And then, and then I thought, okay, as you know, more I started looking at the accounts, more I got not frustrated, but annoyed. Like, you know, I stopped seeing like 
mediocre photography and you know all kind of photography yeah. then i then i thought okay let me post a photograph and then write why i like this photograph so the people who follow me you know at least know you know why this picture is good and i thought you know i and you know i thought i have some qualifications <laughs> to to uh, to do uh, to do so, and uh, believe me, I hate writing. You know, English is not my first language, and the spelling and, and the grammar and other things. It's just it's quite challenging for me. Um, but I just thought, you know what? Uh, I'll just I'll do it. You know, I faced my fears and I just put it out there. You know, it is what it is. And little by little, it's just it's you know. Then I announced the exhibition call, and then I created a first women's street photographers exhibition in New York. I showcased seventy-five women, and then <clears throat> I chose a, a solo exhibition for a one woman, uh, Giselle Dupre, and it was a success. I mean, it was just so many people showed up in the, the opening. And I was just so happy. It was just, it was amazing. I mean, I never, you know, I never curated an exhibition before. It was my first time. Wow. I, you know, I made all the prints. I, you know, I, I mounted them on mats. I, I, I got frames and I wrote the labels, everything, you know, first, first time. And it took me several months to prepare, but, you know, I was pacing myself. I wanted to be perfect. <laughs> and it was <laughs> um, so. It was a great. It was a great show, um, and I dedicated it to Marilyn Mark, and I was uh, carrying her letter to me in my pocket, and it was just the most. I mean, it was just like, it, it, yeah, it was very you know, emotional day for me, and I, I felt proud, and I thought Marilyn Mark would. Very proud of me. Yeah, that was quite the accomplishment. Uh, I want to get back to, to Mary Ellen in a second and, and the letter, but being immersed in other people's work for for that period of time in terms of you know curating the Instagram feed and then making selections for the exhibit, it's really intense. It's really demanding. It's a lot of work. But when you get to see a consistent body of work that's really good and you're like surrounded by it, what did you love most about that for yourself as a photographer? I, you know, when I when I see so many good work by women specifically, it, it inspired me. You know, it inspires me, and um, yeah, that's that's all I can, that's all I can say. It's, just, it's it, it really makes me move forward. It makes me, you know. It drives me. One of my favorite things about about the feed, when I take a look at the photographs there, are the very different choices so many of these photographers make. Because when I look at those pictures, you know, some of them are following sort of certain general motifs in street photography. But you feel like these people are making it their own. And I take a look at those pictures and I don't feel like they're, they're cliche or that they're derivative. And... That's that for me is sort of the inspiring part to realize that there are so many different choices that you can make, and and it's not making a choice for the sake of being different. It's more about making a choice because it's being truer to the way you see an experience, and that's always sort of my takeaway 
from really, really good work. Like Giselle's work is exceptional. Um, love, love, love her work. And uh, Nikki Glaudy down in Miami. I mean, her, her yeah. stuff is just, just, I never get tired of looking at her work. But, oh, yeah. but I think that's really kind of one of the interesting things apart from these, these photographers being women is, is the fact that they're making street photography their own thing. And I think that with the popularity of the genre um, on YouTube and Instagram, so much of it has been about mirroring what you're already seeing. And and having and being able to develop a personal voice is probably one of the biggest challenges of street photography. And I think that your work really affirms that that that's really ultimately the goal um, for it. Um, when you are going out to these, you, you know, you're talking about going to these different events all over the world promoting street photography. You're getting to talk to people outside of just the U.S. You know, you and your and your feed serves and includes photographers from all over the world. So what are you learning about the genre as a result of, of being so inclusive in terms of your curating and in the terms of the work that you're doing? Oh, my God, I learned so much. Um, you know, I came from kind of like classical, you know, classic sense of like, you know, street photography. I mean, I learned from all the classics. And since curating the the Instagram and exhibitions, I've learned that there are so many women who are like revolutionizing street photography. I mean, there are just so many different types of street photography, which just blew my mind. I mean, they're an abstract. And just, I, I'm, I'm into abstract now. I don't shoot abstract, but I just, I really enjoy looking at it. Um, you know, Linda Hacker, I mean, she's one of my favorite. And so, and also, I'm discovering, like, all these women from Middle East, like Iranian women, mm-hmm. are just amazing, talented, and thoughtful, and poetic, and from Turkey, Turkish women, just you know, I, I, I'm, you know, I, I try to every exhibition, I try to include women from countries that we don't see in America, you know, not in exhibitions, I mean, not exhibitions. Yeah. That's for sure. So I'm trying, you know, my best to be inclusive and include, you know, women who cannot afford uh, exhibitions, for example. So I have my ways to, you know, to make them send the photographs, uh, you know, for free. Um, I just went to Malaysia Kuala Lumpur, where I had shown 40, 40 or 50 women. You know, when I when I curated the exhibition, I you know I was just busy, okay, you know, just you know, putting together body of work. But when I went there and I hang all the pictures in one row and I put women's street photographer title on top of it, and when, when I was there, uh, it just really hit me how important this exhibition was for local women. Uh, you know, we like feel you know we're privileged, you know, to free to be free to you know express ourselves and to be in exhibitions if you know we're willing. Right. And it's just so many women came to me and, and told me how important it was for them. 
and I felt very proud as well. I mean, it's like, you know, it's, it's really important to give a, a, a strong voice, female voice, in, in some countries. I mean, I have now different goals and different agendas and, and to bring this exhibition to countries where it would help more women yeah. to be creative. Thanks for all your encouragement and support. I have a lot of changing circumstances in my life which are making it a little bit of a challenge to get the show out on the, on schedule. But uh, we keep plugging away because we certainly want to deliver a show to you as often as we can. And uh, we're almost nearing episode 500 at the turn of the year. And I'm really excited about that. But I want to just say that it's your support not just financially, but just as a listener that is making the, the big difference. But your your donations do help us meet all the costs of producing this show every week. And if you haven't already, please consider becoming a Patreon supporter. All you have to do is contribute $5 or more a month. And by doing so, you help us to have the time and the resources we need to produce the show. If you haven't already, please visit patreon.com forward slash The Candid Frame and become a Patreon supporter today. You can also support the show when you write a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And even better, if you really enjoy an episode, spread the word via an email to a friend, a post on your social networks, or old school word of mouth. All of it is important and invaluable. So thanks again for your support and being part of The Candid Frame. There is something so powerful about seeing work that in which you not only see yourself, but that you see what was observed and photographed by someone who understands you. And, yeah. and that is incredibly uh, empowering. You know, rather than having an outsider come and photograph you with, with whatever inherent biases and perspectives that they, they they have, the images are very distinct. But when you see something in a in a photograph and you know, oh, they know, they understand, they see it, you see it in the photographs. And I think that that's probably what you're speaking of in terms of what they they appreciated, as well as just empowering them and, and making them feel worthy of such a representation of, of a photograph in on a gallery wall. Yeah, I mean, I I went through. Uh, you know, I came from, I was born in Russia, in Bashkortostan, very prominent Muslim republic. So I know, I know what it is like to be, you know, I was the only female photographer in the entire republic. So <laughs> it, was, it was quite challenging. Yeah, yeah. You know, I won't squid photography. So I know how important it is. So how did you, how did Still, you, how did you, you know, how because you faced a lot of hostility from other people who just felt like you should be studying to become a photographer, that you should be doing something more domestic and traditional. And like you said, you're the only one. So how did you sort of persevere amidst all those obstacles that were putting up, they were put in front of you? Just being stubborn. You know, <laughs> I, 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 I loved photography. You know, I, the, the second I saw that print develop in the developer, I was hooked. Mm -hmm. I was hooked. I mean, I, I was in love and, and, and still in love. And, you know, being in that dark room with red light and, and it's just you and larger 
developer and a fixer. It's a magic. Yes, it is. You never, you never forget that. You carry it with you. You know, I, I was mixing the chemicals from the scratch, you know, on scales and everything. It's just, it was, a, it was art. I, I couldn't give up. I, I just, I had nothing else. So I didn't want to do anything else. So it was confusing, I mean, to me that other people, men, wouldn't understand what I was doing. And now looking back, I mean, I was completely, I guess, different from anybody else. I mean, I was... You know, I would make a print and then I would hand color them and, you know, I would spray them and I would write on them. I mean, that was my ex- expression mm-hmm. of, of my opinion. And that's how I pr- express myself, which was uh, revol- uh, revolutionizing for me because, I, you know, when I went to Moscow uh, for college, I visited an exhibition of Jill, uh, Gilbert and George. And they had like this massive photographs and they were like colorful that they... And I was like, oh my God, you can do, you can do something with your pictures. It's yeah. not just you can make a print, you can do whatever. <laughs> so the re- that's really was a, a turning point in my uh, ex- expressing myself through photography. And then uh, one of my other things that I kind of uh, rebelled, I began working on a project on nude photography, male nude photography. So that was my, yeah, that was my uh, protest. Um, <laughs> I wanted to create tasteful nude photographs of, of males. And uh, so that was really controversial. I mean, I'm talking about 1990. I mean, I was like one of few handful of women who did that. So I got a lot of heat for that. <laughs> well, I bet. Uh, you know, all these guys who are used to looking at n- naked women in photographs, having it turned around. Yeah, shake, shake things up. That's good. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> so tell me about Mary Ellen. You, you took a workshop with her. Did you take the uh, Oaxaca workshop with her? I wish. Okay. I wish. No, I took uh, New York. I took okay. a New York workshop with her. So tell me about that experience and that letter she wrote you. So that workshop and meeting her, I mean, I met her first time in the early 90s. I met her in a, her uh, show, uh, The Aperture Gallery, and she signed me a book. Mm-hmm. And I was, she was my favorite, one of my favorite photographers um, for a long time. And I wanted to take her workshop, uh, Oaxaca workshop, for a long time, but I just, the schedule just didn't work out. I mean, it was usually in in the fall and I was too busy with my shoots and so when she announced the New York uh, workshop and I was available I just I jumped on it and it was just yeah it, it, it was great I um, right before I, I went to Cuba and uh, with Peter Turnley and that was a, a great experience so I, I you know I produced like a body of work which I was you know, very happy with, and I showed to her, uh, you know, you, you were supposed to make like a print, uh, so I made my 11 by 14 prints, and I don't know, maybe like 10 or so, and she, um, she wasn't too impressed, <laughs> <laughs> so, and uh, it's really upset me, 
I, I really want her to like my work. You know, it's Marianne Mark. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to just like, I want her to be impressed with me. Um, and she's like, why in color? Color have to make sense. <laughs> so I went back home and, I, you know, and I, and I just started looking through my old work. And so the next day I brought my, I brought two body work. So one is hand painted that I did back in Russia. And the other one is a documentary work I did on this one family, which I was documenting for several years. And I, and I showed it to her. And so I showed her the, the hand-painted, and I'm like, oh, my God, she's going to hate it. <laughs> they they hand-painted. So I remember her sitting down, and I'm standing up, and I'm showing it to her like on a, on a break. And so she's looking through, and then she's looking... She, she looks up to me and she's like, why did you stop? This is great. Why did you stop? And it, I didn't have an answer. Mm. You know, I was just like, I, I don't know. Uh, I got married. I got a job. I got, uh, life got in the way. So, I mean, she, she really liked both, both projects. And, you know, the workshop continued on. And then um, she... Oh, her assistant sent uh, us, like, we had to send like, some pictures for, for, from the workshop, which I barely took because I was watching her how she does. Yeah. So that's her magic. That, to me, was most important. More important than shooting my own. Like, I wanted to learn from watching her. Uh, so I sent her some photos, and the assistant uh, emailed uh, like the, the, the document attachment with a, like, a review. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I looked at it, I read it, you know, and then not right away, but I, I went back to the email and then I found another attachment, a letter from Mary Ellen Mark. And as, uh, you know, as I was reading, I just, I had tears like downpour on my face. I, I, it was just, it was really, I, I was, I was so surprised she wrote it to me. You know, she said so many wonderful, it was long and she said so many wonderful things. And, but one of the, one of the things she wrote and which which I took like call to action where she said that, you know, I owe it to myself to produce my body my own body work. And and that one that line is like you owe it to yourself. I was like, Okay, Marilyn Mark says I am, you know, good street photographer and I'm talented. I mean there's just so many wonderful things she mm-hmm. said. And I owe it to myself. And I'm like, okay, I don't care what anything else or whatever else saying, you know, I don't care about anybody's opinion anymore. Like, you know, when you go through yeah. struggle, like, are you good? <laughs> Is it worth it? It's like it never leaves you. I mean, it's just, but I'm like, okay, Marilyn Mark says I'm great street photographer. That's what she is, great street photographer. And I'm just, I'm going to focus I'm going to focus on my own art. And and uh, I, I thought, okay, I'm going to quit business. Uh, I'm going to move to Mexico because it's cheaper. And I'm just going to focus on my, my art. And that's what, um, yeah, and it happened. <laughs> that, that moment, and I've talked to so many people on this show about, about having that moment of revelation, which you had with that letter. 
And then there comes that moment where you have an opportunity to make the choice, right? Where you just, where it's time to, to either stay where you are or make the leap, right? And that is a terrifying place to be. As much as you are excited about the possibility, you really don't know how it's going to turn out, right? Financially, all those things. So what allowed well, I you... I had it planned out. <laughs> oh, you, got, you had it planned out? Okay, you got to tell me about it then, because having a plan helps. No, I mean it's it's believe me, I, it's not like okay, I'm just quit. I quit. It didn't take me right away. I mean, I had a successful wedding photography business, mm-hmm. and it's really I was you know I was making a healthy amount of money, and it's not easy to quit that. Oh, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> that was the most challenging because you get used to it. But I was just not happy. I mean, mm. I I was. I felt like I'm doing a disservice to my clients because I, my, I was not in it. So what I what I thought is just uh, when I, if I moved to Mexico, I thought I would just come to New York, shoot my high-end weddings a couple times a year, and that will finance my the rest of the time, you know, the rest of the year in Mexico. Um, I was going to move to Oaxaca, and I went there for a week uh, to to check it out, and I loved it. And and, and was, I'm a very adventurous person, so it you know. And plus, I you know I'm single. I don't have a mortgage, kids, student loan, you know that. So it, it's easy year. Yeah. For someone like me, like if I had like, you know all things I just listed, it would be probably most challenging. But for me, it was just I thought it would be easier to and and and. It, you know, I did the, I did a lot of soul searching. I did the artist way, and that helped me to put my priorities straight. So there's just, you know, it's not just like this. Okay, you know, I'm just okay. going to change my life <laughs> in one day. No, it doesn't happen like that. It took me maybe three three years to make it happen. Okay, to, to completely like, you know, quit business. And um, and what I'm doing now, you know, curating exhibitions, actually, right now, today, that's the most exciting thing for me, more than my own street photography or my fine art. Yeah. It's, it's really, what I'm realizing, I mean, I knew it from other work I did in the past, but what I'm realizing that when you take yourself out of your own head and you do something for other people, it makes your life fuller. Yeah. And more satisfied. And I think that what you're providing the community of street photographers is more valuable than anything else because of we're of a type that often work in isolation. And, and I'll speak for myself. I often work best in isolation. But uh, there is a, still a need for community. And I think that you provide that. And I think that's one of the, one of the reasons why so many people appreciate you and everything that you are doing because you do just that. But you also get to get such satisfaction and joy from it. You know, I can hear it in your voice when you're when you're talking about it. You know, and the fact that, you know, even though you're not completely invested in your own photography, you're doing something that still fulfills you in a certain way. But you must get you must get the itch though, to just like just drop everything and go out and shoot. So do do you indulge yourself on occasion? Oh yeah, yes, I I do. I um you know, I just went to Russia for a month, and and that's 
I, I, I go there every year for the past three years. I travel villages and and I just shoot, document street photography. Um, I just, you know, I shoot everyday life with everyday people. And, and it's satisfying so much. It's also very important for me to go there. Uh, I was invited, you know, I left Russia in 92. And then I didn't go there for like 15 years. I mean, I left and I was just like, okay, you know, I'm done. I, mm-hmm. There's nothing for me. I mean, it was depressing. It was a rough time uh, where there was nothing in stores. You know, people didn't make any money. It's like, I, it was quite challenging times. Eco- ecology um, was really bad because uh, where I'm from, Ufa, which is capital of Bashkortostan, it's a industrial city, oil industry. So it's, I just didn't miss anything. Mm. So when I got invited three years ago, so I went there and I expected nothing. I mean, I just, I didn't know what to find. So I was traveling all the small villages and there was um, a big celebration which happens once a year. It's called Sabantu, where all these villages got together and they celebrate. There's games and there's concerts and, and there's food and and all the villagers, they, they dress up in their customs that they make themselves. So I was just blown away by the culture, which I didn't experience growing up in the Soviet Union. You know, I'm a Tatar, which is an ethnic group in, in Russia. You know, my mother refused to speak with me in Tatar because it wasn't popular. It wasn't celebrated. You know, I, I had no idea of of culture so it was quite emotional for me in terms of like oh my god i did not know my own culture i i felt robbed mm, you know yeah i felt robbed of my own identity and so the first time i was like i i i was like i didn't know what to do do i take pictures do i take videos do i just stand there and listen and and i did all that of course but i could not believe how rich the culture is and how much is celebrated now and it makes me happy and the the and it's beautiful country it's also beautiful i i never got to really travel when i was living there and now i've been so many places, and it's huge, the Republic. I mean, you can get to one you know, side of the Republic to another, so it takes like 10 hours. It, it's massive. Wow. So there's mountains and rivers and fluffy clouds, and it's just the, the colorful customs and the food, and, and I'm just like, I'm hooked. So every year I go there. <laughs> And just reconnect. Yeah, and it's a one, and and you're doing it with a photographer's eye. So it's like you you it's personal, but you are seeing it through a very refined lens. Yeah, but not only because I'm a, there as a photographer, but I'm also there. You know, I I don't live there anymore, so my oh, eye yeah. changed. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at it as an outsider, yet I am hopefully part of it. <laughs> so, yeah, last year I went there and I had a, a, a huge retrospective exhibition in the National Museum. And that was 
that was a proud moment for me as well. And what was yeah. the reaction to the work? Uh, yeah, well, I had a, good, had a really good feedback. I mean, I showed um, street photography from all my uh, travels in China, Burma, um, New York, Mexico, Cuba. Uh, I showed my current hand-painted pictures, which, you know, after Mary Ellen Marks encouraged me, I began working on this new series called Lost Family, where I take photographs, black and white photographs, which doesn't matter what year, and I paint them uh, with oil, and then I had a collage of uh, found pictures of my own family. Mm. So this is very personal project that um, I think completed. But uh, yeah, I have, yeah, that was... Uh, it helped me also to um, to reconnect with my own roots and family, which I have none. But you know, going through old photographs, you know, I found that I actually had an uncle I didn't know about, just from the writing on the back yeah. of the photographs. Um, and just you know, it, it, it was it was it, it's it's a great. Um, I you know I recommend any to anybody to do some personal project that you do it for yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's what sustains me. And so many of the people who I have on that sh- on this show, you know, so often it is the personal work that keeps you keeps those wheels greased, allows you to keep up the momentum, especially those moments when you get really frustrated and down on yourself. You know, always having the work there waiting is a is a, a great uh is a great tool and a great comfort at the same time. Um, yeah, and uh, uh Another thing I wanted to say is that how important it is to do your personal work for yourself and 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 not for like you know Instagram account mm-hmm. or yeah. exhibition or book. I, you know when I do when I work on my personal account, I don't think about these things because time and again I know for a fact that when you start doing something rather than yourself, it just it becomes becomes mediocre. When you put yourself a hundred percent, the emotion and and uh, it comes through and people notice. Mm-hmm. You know, people see good work because you put yourself in it. And it's it's very, very important. And if the work if you put yourself a hundred percent in it and it work is good and it must be because you know you put yourself a hundred percent, then it will come to you. Yeah. You know, the gallery show or a book offer or an award that you've been waiting for or a post on uh, somebody's Instagram account. Whatever that is, it will come to you. Yeah. You know, just uh, do it with your emotions. Well, my last question that I ask each guest is I ask them to recommend another photographer for our listeners to discover and explore on their own. And it can be anybody, someone you've long admired or someone you've recently discovered so who would that one photographer be and why oh my god there are a couple of photographers i think you already interviewed them there is there is someone that i uh, would recommend to you know uh her name is jimena echagua um i think she is have a, do you know her no i don't think she is i'm not sure I'll, I'll send you a, a name. I think she is uh, someone um, to to follow. Um, she's a very smart photographer, and 
very talented and she's one of those people who who does photography from the heart and yeah she's amazing you know i know her personally she's a wonderful person and a friend and a super talented photographer well i look forward to checking out her work and thank you so much for making time uh for me tonight that was greatly appreciated thank you no my pleasure and thank you so much thank you and i hope to see you soon again yeah Thanks to Gulnara for sitting down with me. Find out more about her and her work by visiting gulnara.com and subscribe to the Women Street Photographer IG feed by following at Women Street Photographers. I have two upcoming workshops, the first in Los Angeles in November at the Los Angeles Center of Photography and in Tokyo, Japan in December. You can find out more by visiting nobechicreatives.com for the workshop in Japan and lacpphoto.org for my workshop here in Los Angeles. And check out my YouTube channel where I offer comments on photography submitted by TCF listeners who contribute to the Candid Frame Flickr pool. Check out the TCF Flickr pool and our YouTube channel by clicking on the link in the show notes and the website. My most recent book, Making Photographs, Developing a Personal Visual Workflow is now available. You can purchase it today and receive 40% off the list price when you order it from the Rocky Nook website. Use the promo code Pirello40 at checkout to take advantage of the discount. And you can receive three free copies of my previously published ebooks by signing up for the Candid Frame mailing list, where I share thoughts about life, photography, and keep you updated on TCF events. And remember, you can support the show by contributing to our Patreon effort or donating through PayPal. Thanks to David Mullins for his recent contributions. And thanks to the many of you who have written positive reviews of the show, including Cookie Viz from Australia, Jod9167 from the US, Daglish77 from the UK, and Mukhtar Ali77 from Omar. Not all episodes may be available on your podcaster app of choice. So to download, listen, and share any and all episodes of The Candid Frame, download the TCF app from Apple iOS and Android. And because of your support, it's free. The Candid Frame's audio engineer is Martin Taylor. You can find it at theothermartintaylor.com. The show's senior producer is Cynthia Parker. And our music is from Kevin McLeod, whose royalty-free music can be found at incompetech.com. And this is Ibarian X, and this is... The Candid Frame.